Support for Industry Focus comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, who are excited to introduce their all-new Rate Shield approval. If you're in the market to buy a home, Rate Shield approval is a game changer, and here's why. First, Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. But here's the crucial part. If rates go up, your rate stays the same. But if rates go down, your rate also drops. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com fool. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, September 27th, and we're discussing tariffs. I'm your host, Nick Seipel, and today I'm joined in studio by Motley Fool analyst Jim Mueller. Jim, how you doing today? Hey, Nick. How are you? I'm doing well, Jim. You know, I'm really excited for this topic today. We spent a lot of time in the energy and industrial space, you know, talking about large macro events. We talk about global oil prices. We talk about commodity prices for metals worldwide. And we talk about worldwide shipping rates. All these things, you know, are large markets impacted by every single uh, consumer in the world. And we can think of each of these markets a little bit as a game with global players moving pieces around the board, trading, in, trading with one another, and they're all making strategic decisions based on a common set of rules. You know, if you've ever played Settlers Catan, you might get a little bit of the basic idea of this resource trading between one another. Well, tariffs, what we're talking about today, really change those rules for everybody. Uh, global, oil, uh, global prices change that increase the cost for a wide variety of goods and services. And we've seen this year how changing rules can cause unusual and unexpected outcomes in the market. For example, the prospect of marijuana legalization in Canada has caused a whole new industry to pop up seemingly overnight and valuation to skyrocket. While U.S. sanctions against Iran have in part led oil to highs it hasn't seen in years. Today, we're going to try to put this latest rule change, these tariffs, into context to help investors better understand how these rule changes might affect them and their investments. So, I know tariffs have been in the news probably for the past six months or so, Jim, but you know, for listeners who may not fully understand what exactly a tariff is and how it works, can you give them a rundown of what a tariff is and how sure. it works? Okay, so a tariff is a tax on something that's coming into a country that is it's being imported by a company inside the United States. And so so that means that the the exporting company or the country it's coming from is not the one uh, paying the tax. So these are not taxes paid by China or Chinese companies that are uh, going to the U.S. Treasury. These are taxes paid by uh, U.S. U.S. mostly U.S. companies on the import of the good, uh, whatever it is, and those are going into the U.S. Treasury. So the companies have a couple of ways of dealing with that extra cost on their goods. They can decide to eat the cost. Uh, that is, uh, their profit margins are going to go down, uh, or they can pass along the extra cost to the uh, to the consumer, uh, whether it's a retailer like Walmart's bringing uh, in goods, uh, so prices at Walmart are going to be raised, like they've ra- they've hinted at earlier this week, or whether uh, manufacturers are going to have to eat the costs, or, or I'm, I'm sorry, pass along the cost to the consumers, so the prices of everything goes up. Exactly, and it kind of. You want to nudge these domestic consumers to maybe switch their sourcing to maybe United States uh, products right. or that sort of thing. Let's let's go ahead and jump into exactly what these tariffs are that came down this week, and uh, you know what what the significance of them from a from a from a dollar point of view. So uh, effective September twenty fourth, President Trump announced a ten percent tariff on two hundred billion dollars in Chinese imports, uh, and that tariff uh, is currently ten percent. But at the end of two thousand. Uh, 18, those is expected to rise to 25 percent. Right. Right. And what's what's significant about this tariff? I know we, this has been in the news for a long time. Um, this is the third round of tariffs, and it's the largest round of tariffs. So you know, back in uh, back in in July, July we had 34 billion dollars of Chinese worth of Chinese goods tariffed, and then in August we had a follow-on of 16 billion dollars in tariffs. So this is really a huge jump up of 200 billion dollars. Um, 
and this is affecting all kinds of goods. I mean, the the list, if you look it up, is pages and pages long. Uh, so some significant things. It's pretty pretty much any uh, uh, agricultural product is likely going to be tariffed. Handbags, textiles, some significant things that were not tariffed uh, was smartwatches. Apple made a specific plea to have those exempted, as well as some some uh, car seats, play pens, more childcare type products. Uh, those were exempted. I, uh, another thing that's significant about the, this, the size of these yeah, these tariffs is t- this two hundred fifty billion dollar aggregate tariff amount that we reach after these new tariffs were put in place. That's about half of U.S. Okay, China half. trade. Yeah, U.S. U.S. brings in about five hundred, five a little over five hundred billion dollars worth of goods from China, uh, and so the two hundred fifty so far this year is roughly half, as you said, and then. Uh, uh, President Trump has also indicated that if uh, things don't don't go as what he wants to happen, that he's going to do it on the rest of it. Exactly. I mean, so President Trump has said that if China were to take retaliatory action on these tariffs, which they have in fact, and I'll explain that here in a second, that he's going to put in place another $267 billion right. worth of imports, which for all intents and purposes would put a tariff in place on 100% of U.S.-China trade. Um, again, on September 24th, uh, pivoting to China here, China also announced some tariffs on $60 billion worth of goods that also uh, went into effect on September 24th. And this is in addition to China also had previously announced tariffs of $50 billion. And this also, uh, the total U.S.-China trade um, is about $130 billion of imports of United States goods into China. So this uh, second round of Chinese tariffs is going to now cover $110 billion of the $130 billion of U.S.-China trade. So again, almost 100% right. of the entire um, trading relationship. So this is pretty significant in that almost all the cards have been played here. If all the threats and allegations um, with regard to tariffs are followed through upon, all of U.S.-China trade is set to be under some kind of tariff barrier in 2018. So this is a really important time to talk about the significance of these tariffs. Right. So. Um the first round of the Chinese tariffs was mostly on agricultural goods. Uh, the second round is uh, more industrial goods, so small aircraft, computers and textiles see a 5% duty imposed on them. Uh, bigger things like industrial chemicals, meat, uh, some more agricultural frozen vegetables, for instance, see a 10%. Uh, but what's interesting is uh, what's not been uh, added to this list, and that's primarily crude oil. Uh, China, China is a big importer of oil, and they haven't uh, yet put on a, a, a tariff onto what they import from the U.S. as far as that goes. Um, they've also done uh, something interesting in that they have, uh, while they've increased the tariffs on American goods, they've lowered the tariffs on some of the other goods uh, from other places, uh, for for instance, electrical equipment or machinery. Uh, and that's an effort to try to drive their own consumers away from choosing U.S. products and choosing others. Uh, so that's an, another way to try to hurt American companies and, and America. Exactly. And this has really kind of come to a head. Originally, you know, today we're speaking on September 27th. There had been plans for U.S.-China trade talks to take place right, today, today and tomorrow. Um, but now as a result of, of, of these new rounds of tariffs from the United States, China has stated that it, Washington is, quote, putting a knife to China's neck and that China's – uh, will not participate in the trade bullyism of the United States. So what right. we're really seeing is uh, there's not a lot of signs that the two parties are going to come to the table and work something out here anytime soon. This is looking like it's going to be a protracted uh, conflict, trade conflict between the countries that will cover the entirety of, of trade. So, you know, Jim, 
why don't you talk about a little bit what are, what's the strategy behind these tariffs? What are these? What is the United States trying to accomplish? And then conversely, with their tariffs, you know, what is China trying to do? I mean, you mentioned a little bit pushing their consumers toward other countries' goods, but what's the strategy here? Okay, so a, a, a country imposes a tariff basically for one of two reasons, and in the past, it's been more the first reason than the second. The first reason is protectionism, and that is trying to protect. Um, domestic industries. Uh, for instance, uh, uh, U.S. steelmakers, that's been a big reason uh, touted in the media uh, by the administration. And uh, when when China brings in or when uh, steel is cheaper to import than it is to buy domestically, uh, then do, the, the domestic industry gets hurt. And so you put on a tariff on that imported steel to try to help uh, protect the uh, local industry. Uh, that's, that's part of what's going on here. But I think the bigger part is more uh, punishment here. And this is driven by uh, the U.S.'s view that China has uh, been engaging in uh, – Unfair trade practices is such a, a, a used phrase, but it's it's really uh, pretty much what's happening. Uh, China is uh, the the Chinese government is involved in so much of their industry that they can do things like subsidize uh, the manufacturing of stuff like steel, and then China will uh, export steel to the U.S. at lower than uh, at co- at a price that's lower than their own costs, and uh, that is not good for U.S. for uh, for many reasons. Uh, but also uh, that uh, China is a base, has a habit of stealing uh, a lot of IP, either directly by with spies or indirectly by forcing American businesses who want to operate in China to share their IP as as a condition for being allowed to operate there. Exactly, and there was a you know yesterday there was a great article in the Wall Street Journal, kind of walking through you know the way some of those forced technology transfers take place. You right. know one. One of the facts they cited in there is that one in five members of the American Chamber of Commerce in Shanghai, in Shanghai, China, have said that they have been pressured to transfer transfer technology. And then among those companies, 44% in aerospace and 41% in chemicals have said they've faced notable pressure. And that Wall Street Journal article talked a little bit about something uh, that Dow DuPont had gone through of kind of a little bit of a forced transfer um, of their products. So this is this is something that is. Uh, you know, been a significant negative impact to the United States, this forced technology transfer that is really trying to be remediated a little bit with these tariffs. Um, and, and the danger there is that uh, you you want to operate in China because the market is so big there and there's so much opportunity to sell stuff there. But do you want to give away all your secrets and then five, ten years down the line see a Chinese company come up and make the exact same thing using your own secrets against you at a lower price and there there goes your market? And so the American companies are kind of in a bind. Do they want to operate in China uh, today and and risk or and, and risk the, such a future, or do they uh, or or should they not even try to make those extra profits in China? It's it's a real con, uh, conundrum for American companies. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, because it's such an important market, but also right. just the the consequences of operating that market could be over the long term. Uh, meaningfully negative, and it- right. So what the what the administration is doing is trying to use these tariffs as a way to break that uh, break that cycle that that uh, pain point for American companies. Exactly, exactly. And let's let's pivot over here to China's strategy a little bit too. And they're they're in a little bit of the same uh, catch twenty two. And they they've been predominantly reactionary um, to the United States' tariffs. They have not been the aggressor in, in these, but. Uh, China, we we talked about uh, with this second round of tariffs, they're tariffing almost the entirety of their U.S. imports. And they're a little bit of their backs against the wall a little bit. They're running out of products to right. penalize, um, 
And China bear, runs a risk, too, as well, that if they start to make other moves, if they start to target American businesses operating in China and maybe uh, discriminate against them, that's really going to put them in an in a, in a additional problem in that they really need foreign investment in their economy to drive the growth that they have had. And they, they're a little bit, if they were to start you know, uh, retaliating against uh, international investors, that really could cause foreign capital to flee and really put them in a dangerous situation. There's a lot of moving parts here for both countries. And it's just like we're talking about anything in, in the macroeconomic environment. There's a lot of moving parts. Right. And one of the things that China is trying to do to kind of protect themselves against that, as you say, they need so much foreign investment, is they're trying to build more of a domestic uh, investment supply, uh, bring their population to be more consumer-driven uh, than they currently are, not as much savers, but as, as buyers. And that will help them, but it's going to take a, take a while. And with this extra pressure against them, that the clock is ticking. Exactly. And on the second half of the show, we're going to talk about um, some companies, what they were specifically doing to handle these tariffs, how they're being affected. But, but first, we're going to have a message from our sponsors um, at Rocket Mortgage. Uh, support for industry focus comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Let's talk about buying a home for a minute. Because of rising interest rates, there's a lot of unpredictability when it comes to buying a home these days. It's causing a lot of anxiety with, anxiety with folks. Well, our friends at Quicken Loans are doing something about that. They're calling it the power buying process. Here's how it works. Quicken Loans will verify your income, assets, and credit in less than 24 hours to give you a verified approval. This gives you the strength of a cash buyer. Once you're verified, you qualify for their all-new exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, they'll lock up your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. Now here's the best part. If rates go up, your rate stays the same. But if rates go down, your rate also drops. Either way, you win. It's the kind of thinking you'd expect from America's largest mortgage lender. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Based on Quicken Loads data in comparison to public data records, equal housing lender, license in all 50 states. NMLSConsumerAccess.org, number 3030. Okay, Jim, now that we've talked about what's going on with these tariffs, you know, what does this mean for the companies that might be affected? What are, you know, there's some non-tariff impacts, there's impacts to specific industries. Let's just jump in and talk about who are the big industries that are being impacted? Obviously, we can't talk about everything. It's going to impact all of U.S.-China trade. But what are these big, major industries that might uh, be affected? Well, um, so far, uh, US, uh, steel manufacturing here in the uh, United States has been positively in, uh, affected. Uh, Nucor, the, the biggest steelmaker in the in the country, for instance, has reported that uh, the tariffs uh, have helped uh, push sales up uh, for them uh, in the first half of the year, and uh, and they're. They're 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 quick to claim that we're doing all right anyway. We don't need the we don't necessarily need the extra help, but it's nice to have, and and we expect that to go forward. But on the downside, that raises the cost for everyone who needs to use use steel in whatever they're making. Uh, a big one being automakers, for example. And uh, this latest round of tariffs includes uh, things like. Uh, brake pads and cables and everything else you need to, to build an automobile. Uh, so the automakers are going to see likely see a large increase in their uh, costs uh, for making those uh, cars. Right. I mean, and autos are, are an interesting industry here because they're going to get bit on both ends of these tariffs. So, you know, there's a substantial number of auto parts manufactured in China, shipped to the United States, and then assembled into vehicles here in the U.S. And uh, China is a massive market for U.S. automakers. GM, as a matter of fact, sells more vehicles in China than they do in the United States. Uh, Ford, their second biggest market in China, is in China. Their CEO, Jim Hackett, this week came out and said, 
you know, these tariffs on steel have taken away, uh, they estimate a billion dollars in profit from Ford. And that's only going to get worse. And, and this isn't limited only to U.S. automakers. We think about this as a U.S.-China trade spat. This is only going to affect U.S. automakers. But think of a company like BMW. This is a German automaker. Um, but this is really affecting, affecting them. They manufacture a lot of their popular SUVs. And examples of BMW X5 is made in the United States here in Spartanburg, uh, South Carolina. And so they, again, are getting, getting hit on both ends of this, from importing the auto parts to assemble into their vehicles, then also getting hit on the back end, importing their vehicles into China. So automakers are really going to be significantly impacted by these tariffs. Yeah, and so this, this has a, as a, a secondary effect, too, and that's the supply chain. I mean, the, the global economy has spent many, many years making the supply chain as efficient as possible. You have the manufacturer here that ships the goods there. It goes through customs uh, uh, real fast. Uh, it goes to the manufacturer here and, uh, and so on and so on. And adding just a little bit of extra time or uh, more friction kind of like is like throwing sand into the, into the gear wheels of this uh, very efficient supply chain. Uh, Matt Koppenheffer yesterday in uh, Mark and Foolery mentioned that uh, a British uh, survey of uh, supply chain manufacturers pointed out that adding just even 20 or 30 minutes to this really efficient supply chain can have huge impacts down the road, even to the point of uh, putting companies out of business because they run such a tight ship. Right. I mean, it, we, I mentioned earlier a survey from the American Chambers of Commerce in, in Shanghai and China. And the, another part of that survey, uh, 52% of those companies reported that they are facing slower customs clearance yep. and increased inspections and bureaucratic procedures in China as a result of these tariffs, which ties in exactly to what you said. I mean, if you're having to deal with more robust uh, bureaucratic red tape to get your products into the country, that's going to delay your imports. It's going to slow down your supply chain. And that's really going to trickle down all the way to the bottom line of the business and their profits. So, you know, there's a lot of moving parts to these tariffs, and they affect these companies in ways that might not be immediately apparent uh, just from common sense. And so the companies have to respond somehow. One way, of course, is to pull in, pull ahead, uh, pull in ahead uh, a bunch of your inventory and try to get up a stock supply uh, to try to have a uh, supply of stuff that you need. And as well as trying to get ahead of when those that twenty five percent tariff, uh, when when the when the latest round uh, Monday's ten percent jumps up to twenty five percent by the end of year, companies are are trying to get ahead of that so they don't pay as much. But also uh, they're going to have to start looking for other uh, other suppliers elsewhere in the world. Uh, and for exporting, they need to look at uh, other buyers around the world, and that's not a, not an easy task. I mean the the whole. Thing has taken years to build. It's going to take a while to figure things out, moving the supply chain around. Another item that companies can do is to petition the U.S. government and ask for, "Hey, I, I have I, I'm buying something from China. It's made nowhere else in the world, which is one of the requirements of such a petition. And uh, because of that, if I don't get it, I can't sell what I sell. And so the government can say, oh, look at that and say, all right, this one is now exempt from, from the tariff. Uh, but it's a long process, takes several, uh, several months, and uh, it's not guaranteed, even, even if uh, everything the company says is accurate. Exactly. And, and we mentioned earlier that you know, Apple had success with this with the iWatch. Right. There's some other companies that have been trying to do that. I mean, Joanne Fabrics is looking at tariffs on fabric and yarn, how that's going to affect them. Yeah. McCormick is talking about some of their spices that might be affected. So, I thought know, that was one of the more amusing ones. Right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Garlic. Who, who thought garlic, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing about these tariffs is they touch products that you might never think about 
coming from across the world, but are, are yeah. being affected by this. Industries that you don't think about when you think about these big metal tariffs, you know, automakers come to mind, top of mind immediately. But you wouldn't think about McCormick, a spice maker, being somebody that's that's really being affected by this. Um, you know, one other thing we're, we're talking about these supply chains and you know how these tariff impacts just slowing down a little bit is going to affect them. And I think an important thing to point out is, you know, these supply chains were built over years and decades. And so to change these supply chains will take years and decades. So as long as these barriers remain in place, um, this is going to be affecting businesses over the long term. And there's going to be a lot of friction to try to move around to fit this new dichotomy. And, you know, Jim, let's talk a little bit about where does this go long term? Where are we thinking, you know, if we're looking out, 18 months from now, where do we think we're going to be looking at with tariffs? What are what are the things we're kind of see develop to play this out? Probably we'll have the last of the the last 250 260 billion worth of Chinese imports under tariff as well. Uh, because I don't expect China to cave in at the first sign of trouble. Uh, and actually I don't expect China to cave. I mean they might come to a negotiated settlement, but that That'll be difficult, especially if uh, one side or the other is trying, not, trying to do a win or lose situation and nothing in the middle. So that that'd be difficult. So we could probably expect this these kinds of things uh, to uh, to last for a while. Um, I mean, one one of our expectations that uh, is that China has has the motivation to liberalize its economy and 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 to bring a more of a, a free market uh, uh, economy to it. Uh, to this country. But what we might not have realized is that the Chinese Communist Party is still in very much firm control inside China. And uh, that uh, has to uh, that has to uh, play into any calculus on uh, thinking forward. Right. And I think there there are a few signs of some cracks in the clouds, not directly right. related to China, but you know this Monday, uh, the administration announced a deal with, with South Korea. To kind of uh, expand uh, the ability for the U.S. manufacturers to import their products into South Korea, we saw a deal uh, just yesterday between uh, President Trump and Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe with the relation to, to starting some trade talks, and in exchange for that, kind of holding off on some potential tariffs on Japanese automakers. We're seeing some cooperation between the United States, the European Union, and Japan to kind of try to start pushing. Uh, overturning some W or changing some WTO rules to limit China's ability to use state mm-hmm. subsidies and force technology transfers, like we discussed earlier. I think in the near term, I don't think there's any expectation that these things are going to go away. I, I think, don't think so. Before, uh, for China to get nudged to back off from this position, it's really going to take a village. It's going to take the United States, our European allies, Japan, to really work together. Um, so we've talked about the kind of the macro environment here. If you're an investor in any yeah. of these companies have, uh, affected by tariffs, how should you think about the, these things and allocating your portfolios? I mean, is this a buying opportunity? Is this something to avoid until things play out? You know, what what is your assessment of that, Jim? Yeah, let's bring it back to the investors. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're 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 investing advice, right? Yes, sir. Uh, so. In the short or medium term, you could take advantage of some of this. Uh, you could buy shares of companies that are, will benefit from uh, tariffs. Uh, I've mentioned Nucor and uh, maybe U.S. Steel. Whirlpool of all, all, all people might be a, a decent investment because uh, uh, one of the, some of the things on uh, the list are finished appliances, like finished refrigerators and finished freezers. In fact, Whirlpool made a petition to the government not to exclude something but to add something. Uh, uh, 
I can't remember what it is off the top of my head though. But anyway, um, you could you could invent, uh, move some of your money to some of these companies. You might lower your uh, exposure to some of the other companies, such as uh, the automakers or uh, big retail like Walmart or, or Target or somebody like that. But in the long term, companies will adjust somehow. They're uh, that's how they stay in business. They adjust to changing. Uh, uh, circumstances all the time. Uh, but I would expect profit margins to p- come back down a little bit uh, if, if, the, if they have to eat those costs. And I might also expect inflation to t- tick up a little bit uh, if they have to pass on those costs, uh, um, kind of both. So, um, so for the long term, I wouldn't be making massive changes inside my portfolio, but a tweak here and a tweak there probably. Exactly. Those are, it's definitely things to take into account. I think the last thing I do want to say for investors is the prices that you're going to pay at retail as a result of these, these tariffs are going to go up. So, you know, even if you're not going to change your investing allocations based on this, and you probably shouldn't, because this is, you know, when we're thinking as true long-term investors, five, 10 years down the line, these businesses, while they're going to be affected in the near term, is not going to fundamentally change their investing uh, thesis. I I would do want to encourage, you know, our listeners and investors to be prepared to see a little bit of a bump in the prices you're paying at retail. Yep. I know Walmart mentioned that you might see as much as a 20% bump up in what you're paying for some retail products as a result of this. So you may want to take a little bit a little bit of that into account when it comes to your financial planning. Maybe, you know, give yourself yourself a little bit more wiggle room when it comes to your saving plan um, to account for that. But as it when it comes to long-term investing, you know, your thesis will not change as a result of this. It's just something to keep into account and it's something that's going to play out over months uh, going forward. Even years. Yes. I agree with that. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Jim. Well, enjoyed having you on the show. I really hope we were able to kind of simplify this issue for our listeners and kind of communicate, uh, you know, the important information having to do with these tariffs. And this is something that's going to play on, you know, as we mentioned, over months and possibly years. Uh, So maybe something we revisit down the line to give give our uh, listeners some updates. Thanks Thanks, for coming on. Thanks, Nick. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much, Jim. Um, as always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Austin, Austin Morgan for his work behind the glass. For Jim Mueller, I'm Nick Seipel. Thanks for listening, and Fool on. Fool on.